Well, hello once more. It is another Writer's Bookshelf. It is, of course, a Writer's Bookshelf podcast with, once again, the one and only Mr. David Driver. And, once again, brilliant music from my good friend and yours, Lost for Words, by the brilliant John Hardy. Opening up proceedings. We have got a world exclusive. And why? Making her, that's a little bit of a clue, making her debut on the writer's bookshelf not only on the podcast but she hasn't been on the show on my previous format if some people remember me from the radio days i've only met this young lady once and that was over in wonderful sunny wakefield at i believe they call it gobby in the lobby and she was a headliner and i was truly impressed she's joined me or a little bit more to that, not just join me, she has returned to Silsden because she's informed me she has lived in Silsden, the epicentre of the world in Yorkshire, after she lived here for about three years and I believe she lives a little bit further into North Yorkshire at the moment. Some people may know her, some people might not, but we share a common interest and a common love and that is words and poetry ladies and gentlemen and podcast fans my guest on this episode is laura strickland how are you doing laura hello david thank you for that introduction that was I lovely i told you i'd give you a you big did. introduction that was really lovely thank you i'm very well i'm very pleased to be in Silsden tonight yeah and before we get stuck into the poetry because i always seem to drift off on other things <laughs> living further into the yorkshire dales don't have to give the address away, but no, no. it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Lived in Silsden for a while. I did. Um, about three years, about I think Three you years, said. when I was about 13, 14, and went to school in Keithley at Holy Family. Right, right. Yeah. You see, I, I misinterpreted that, because when we were exchanging messages to decide when you were coming onto the show, and you said... And I told you where the studio was. And he said, David, I've lived in Silsden for three years. I sort uh, of presume... More recently. ...that you'd just lived in Silsden and then moved on to where you live No, no, I've now. lived a few places, although I've lived in... And I like the way you kind of emphasise North, North Yorkshire. It's got to be, aren't it? Yeah. Well, um, West Yorkshire, North Yorkshire, it doesn't really matter. It's no, all Yorkshire. Of course it is. North. I mean, I'm from West Yorkshire. I was born, you know, I was from... I'm from Saltaire, but I do live in North Yorkshire now. And yeah, it is, um, it's beautiful. It a really nice is. place. We're here to talk about mm-hmm. poetry. Yep. And I'm going to find out a little bit more about you so let's let's go back you probably you probably decided my sort of first line of questioning you obviously love poetry you're writing poetry you're performing poetry and you are obviously on the open mic circuit at various places various events you mentioned holy family some people tune in we've had listeners all over the world so you'll have to google holy family yeah Yeah, the holy family catholic school when did your first sort of interest of poetry, and I think you can answer this one, you don't have to stick to poetry. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Laura at school, reading poetry, reading books, writing stories and poetry influences. Were you interested at that sort of age, at 13, 14 at Holy Family? Yeah, and even even earlier, I think, being at you know primary and middle school, always writing stories, not necessarily poetry, actually, that came yes. later, but always reading always writing something and then at Holy Family actually I think the poetry came then when I was doing A level and was introduced to Seamus Heaney who I still love now and will go back to so 
there's definitely some roots from being really young, but I think particularly as a teenager um, at that stage. Developed it a, a little bit more. So let's stick with it. What, what were you reading? So you said prior to going to Holy Family, sort of primary school maybe, have you always been a sort of an, an avid, not necessarily an avid reader, but a young child that will enjoy or did enjoy yeah, a book. Yeah, I always, I think I always had a book, and you know, I mean, I know she's not as not as popular for lots of different reasons, but I was massively into Enid Blyton. Love her, you know, absolutely I read love so much Enid Blyton, and she gave me a lot of comfort. I think mm. there was a lot of comfort, and you know how some people, you know, kids will read maybe Harry Potter and they can escape. I used to escape with Enid Blyton, but she's at the moment and decades and decades yeah, before me. She I really mean, was. Why? Let's just stick on that. This is why I like. The yeah, writer's bookshelf. Yes. No, mm. simply because I know that Enid Blyton has come under a lot of uh, flack. Mm. And I don't like that because, you know, I, Enid Blyton, you mentioned Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, all these lovely people, fantastic imagination, which we appreciate, lovers of words, creative worlds, and just, you know, really creative people, as, as, as we appreciate. And then all of a sudden, opinions are destroying people and I don't like that why Why do you think Enid co- go, comes under so much flack because we've got all you know the far away tree we've got all these Molly my youngest daughter loves Enid Blyton I think every kid yeah. every child loves Enid Blyton I think one of the why? I think I mean, I didn't realise when I was a kid how middle class it is. And it is completely oh, middle class. Well. You know, boarding schools and lashings of this. And, and it's not based in a lot of... It certainly wasn't in my reality. But And I didn't see myself represented in Enid Blyton. Mm. But as a kid, I didn't notice that. But I can <clears throat> understand why there's certain symbolism around one of the dolls, for example. And I get that. And I think, for me, I'd want to be sensitive to that. But just the love, that I, love of reading mm. that I got, I got from her, I think. And then... Stephen King became a massive oh Stephen King massive fan so of would Stephen you, King. Would you have um, sort of read read Carrie in in, oh, in the, in the um, yeah fourteen about she's about fourteen years I, old. I was fourteen reading when, that when you, so I would imagine then mm. you would have related to that. I mean, if you look, obviously we know about Carrie bullying and, and, and growing up absolutely, um, and, and then and obviously you know in, in the when I say famous the um, the you know the shower scene yeah. with with it obviously a period and, and that. And obviously all and these just feeling awkward each, and that would really connect and resonate definitely. with, with y- yourself yeah. as in at that age, at that age. Mm. and then obviously the film as well but I've, I've always loved Stephen King he's, he's such a literary author you know he writes horror but so he's literary you know Carrie was Carrie the first book I think Carrie was the first Carrie. of his and then you've gone on and I've, in I've read loads to, of to, his yeah how but do you like the film does, does the film compare love, with the book you see I often I, you know, people say, "Oh, the film wasn't as good as the book." Often, I I love the films of mm. books that I read, and I love I love Sissy Spacek though, who plays Carrie. I mm-hmm. think she's an amazing actress. Have you seen the remake? No, I haven't, and I don't know if I want to. I think you'll like Would it. Would I? I very. If you'd have asked me a few years ago, say four or five years ago, big like yourself, big believer. No, original, original. Myself, Rose, my wife. And both both Ros and I love Stephen King and, like you say, Carrie. You say the original, absolutely classic. It is, yeah. I've watched the remake, and I have to say, in my opinion, it's equally as good. I'm open and to I it. Don't I'm think open be, to I don't it. I don't think you would be disappointed. Right, I'll, I'll give that a go. No, I will definitely. But don't send me any any rude messages. <laughs> no, I won't. I promise. <laughs> no, like I will. It. I'm open to that. I'm not. I don't close myself off too much to. 
oh, I won't watch it, you know, because it's a remake. But yeah, mm-hmm. but um, you got to be just going back mm. to good old um, just going back to good old Enid, mm. and you say about you say I I sometimes when when I say when I when I say I've got um when I say I've got a problem with this class system, I don't mean I've got a class a problem with upper class middle class. I find it for me, I find it hard to sort of um connect as in as a writer writers well take poetry mm. poetry of the moment emotion you might write a sad poem a happy poem you know just as well as i do the poetry is of the moment or your feelings or one or two together and then you might have a bit of a collection you know mm. you think i'm yeah. going to write about rain i'm going to write yeah. about travel whatever the, the 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 subject is but i can only write about what i know mm. so if I were to pen a short story, yeah. then I would be writing that. I was born and bred in Keithley, mm. Yorkshire. So I would be writing my childhood memoirs, if you like, or anything related to me. Yeah. So I'm a white kid growing up mm-hmm. and I won't have any connections with any people from any sort of African background or um, Asian Again, predominantly Pakistani and Bangladesh communities in Keithley. And then I, I wouldn't have any connection with Oxford, Cambridge. So I can only write of what I know. And what I know what you're saying with this middle class culture, but it's got people reading. And I don't have a problem with it. And if people want the gritty northern down in the mines, down in the pit, the downtrodden working class man or person. Mm. Bit of Catherine Cookson there. <laughs> oh, my mum was a massive no, fan of Catherine Cookson. Am I am I wrong? Am I being a little bit sort of stubborn, for want of a better word, for, for thinking like that, Laura? As in, you, you know, when you think about your kids, you were a kid, I were a kid, mm. and other people, and then all of a sudden, people are analysing it and picking it apart. I, I don't s- like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult. I think, I think it's hard for some people to if they don't see themselves represented. You know, if you're, mm. you know, and I you can't read another book. You see, I can't speak for, <laughs> but I can't, I can't speak for, say, a black teenager. No. But if a black teenager was watching TV and they don't see themselves represented anywhere mm. as they're growing up, I think that must be really hard. You know, I get, I get that. Must that. be really hard. I understand. And I accept that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think this is a, as um, I'm not a football pundit, but it's a game of two halves. So I think I agree entirely what you're saying. If like nowadays, if it's um, on the t- on the TV on the big screen, in in any possibly any any books that people are writing, yes. But I don't understand and I don't sort of accept why things from past generations should come under attack. As in Roald Dahl, because Roald Dahl writing of the moment and all that joy that they've given to um, children yeah. and, and films and cartoons and same the same with, with Enid Blyton. I think we should be open to analysing them and looking mm. at them, but putting them in context and saying mm-hmm. this was written at this time and this is what was going on in society at this time as well and how that impacted and i think it's i think it's important to to analyze them and to and to look through them but not necessarily it's, not having them available I, you know i think yeah and i think you've hit the nail on the head there as in we're talking now mm. and we're talking about remakes and we're talking about originals we're talking about you might say I, I like this book i like that author 
But then there's a massive difference between analysing and then the internet trolls to name, you know, really giving, like JK, a lot of pain there. Why? And really, you know, pulling it apart. And then you... You're putting barriers up because you haven't got that debate, have you? I think, yeah, debate and an analysis and looking at context, I think, is really important with literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. And that, you know, I studied at uni doing English that would have warnings on now, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, like Hamlet yeah. would maybe have a warning. And in some ways, I, I, I don't necessarily have a, a, an issue with it personally. Um, but it, it's interesting that, you know, within the space of 20, 30 years, I th- is, do you think it's gone too far? <laughs> you can say what you want. <laughs> I personally think it has gone too far. I think I think my personal opinions are, I'm always open to opinions, I'm always open to debate, but I think there's a lot of people out there that can get very, very nasty. I'm up, if I'm you up for disagree, debate. If you disagree with yeah, certain I, I'm opinions. always up for debate. I think, mm. you know, you know, if you do if you do a degree like English, for example, you're analysing and critiquing and discussing and looking at both sides of the argument all the time and putting your views forward about why yeah. you like something or don't like it or if it's effective or not. So I, I I've always been a debater and I think debate is really important. That's the way to go. Who else have we been reading? As a child, as a child about 14, um, so we'll move away from Enid. I, there was also, I mean, even probably a bit younger, I was massively into comics and annuals right? as well. You and know. also comics. So Mandy, Wizard and Chips, yes. Dino, um, Misty. I've still got my Misty annuals. You... Which, so Misty was all that kind of intrigue and superstition. And is that, again, you probably answered my question, is that sort of... Pure escapism. I think you, looking back, I think they were comforting. As it were, because you've got the pictures and the... Yeah. And I think pe- people with that sort of imagination. Yeah, visual. You're not, you're not having to... Not that I believe that you would have been lazy with reading and writing, but it's that... It's a different it's definitely sort of part creative of, outlook yeah, it was or, definitely or relaxation. Part, it was definitely part of my... A big part of my... And the pictures telling a yeah, story. Yeah, formative and, years. And, um, uh, and, yeah. and everything. So when did you get serious then about the um, poetry? Did you... I have sort of interviewed many, many people over the years. Have you got any skeletons in the cupboard? I said, you know what's coming. Have you got a school poem oh, that yes. you possibly... Absolutely. Don't mean a bad way, Laura. No, that absolutely. You possi- that you possibly yeah. regret. And yes. I mean that in the nicest absolutely. way. Where absolutely. now, obviously, you know, you're out and about. <laughs> people are loving everything you're doing. No, absolutely. I could, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can, so uh, is that in the is that in the in assembly or, when you, or you know you're really proud of it at the more at the well, time? Well, I remember being quite <laughs> proud of it, and I think I was about maybe fourteen, fifteen, yes. doing GCSE English, and I wrote this horrendous rhyming poem about this girl who was in a coma, and someone had brought right. her a rose, and there was a rose next to her bed, so, and the rose was uh, dying as she was deteriorating, <gasps> and I remember my teacher. Mr. Scully, he was, he was brilliant. Yeah. So, writing, saying to me, this is very morbid, Laura. <laughs> is this, now, is this the Stephen King influence? It must, in? possibly. Think so? And thinking as well, I think even at that age, thinking everything had to rhyme and it had to be dark and, you know, moody. And a little so, bit, yeah. of, go- a little bit, a bit gothic. of gothic there, yeah, wasn't there? A little bit. Yeah, because yeah. I'd obviously yeah. been reading around similar times, some of the classics, so Wuthering Heights was a big favourite. So you've got that brute, that, that moody. Jane Eyre, uh, Rebecca. Alyssa Broody then, 
sorry, but moody. Moody. <laughs> and probably a bit broody as well, but yeah, that moody atmosphere. Well, maybe. maybe so it's been influenced by all that as well. Um, but yeah, wrote it horrendous, really um, like strong, uh, clunky end line rhymes. But, you know, I was messing about and trying things out. But yeah, I remember him saying it was very morbid. And that's, yeah, yeah. So when you've left school mm-hmm. and gone, did you go, well, not left school, sorry, I believe sixth form? I did sixth form at Holy Family, did my A-levels, and then I took a couple of years out. I, w- I lived in a community in Leeds with oh, people right. with learning difficulties for a year. Right. And then went to Canada and did a similar thing. And then, right, so you so had a couple not, of years not university, out. You, you just straight, stopped at the, at the yeah, A-levels. Yeah, just had a bit, of, bit yeah. of time out and then went and did English um, at Chester. Um English and theology, actually, but majored in English. Right. Um, and did the, old, did the sort of community work, Canada, did that sort of impact on your life then? Has that influenced you as a writer? Yeah, I think it poet? has. I think what it, a good sort of creative I think juices so. in your I head. Think, I think all the experiences, because I, I wasn't writing, I've only been writing poetry seriously for about five years. Yeah. I've been writing it kind of secretly. What, just expand that. on that then. What, 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 do you think then... Oh, I'll put it this to you then. You know, just as well as I do, you've got you've got performance poetry. Mm. You've got poetry where you can just sit down and read it on your own and appreciate it. And then you've got poetry just for you. So when you say serious, is that what you would consider standing up and performing in front of an audience? I think it's also, when I say serious or consistently, it means mm. honing my craft, like really right. learning mm. about poetry, reading loads of poetry trying things out, um, sending off to journals, going to open mics, going to readings, going on courses, you know, properly immersing myself in becoming and a poet. And that's been in the last sort of, last sort of five, five years. years. And have you, have you enjoyed Yeah, I've loved every that minute. I, f- I found my thing, definitely. You found, you found, found, you found your thing. It's and taken again, a while, but yeah. <laughs> and have you looked back, put aside the school poem, have you, um, have you sort of written or penned any pieces that have improved by yeah, yeah. by what you've said have you gone back to certain pieces yeah. and thought wow you know i thought this were fantastic but it's not possibly all that good absolutely i got a couple of poems out old like five-year-old poems mm. or, or actually older than that so, sorry older than that so maybe 15 years old mm. but i'd messed with them five years ago but actually, within five years, I've gone back and had a look at them because I hadn't done anything with them. And I can just see that they're um, it's, they're not as tight as I'd like them to be. Right. You know, they've got weak line endings or they've got too much padding, at this, you know, padding into mm-hmm. a poem. I'm telling a story before I get to the main thing, you know, right. or whatever. Um so that's interesting to get old ones out and have a and, look. And just, and, and just go... And start messing with them. Any, any particular... Sort of influence any you know particular influences that have helped sort of elevate you. Any, yeah, anyone? I mean, think people that have read more over the last few years, I suppose. Although I liked them years ago, is Simon Armitage, yes, and Caroline Duffy. Mm-hmm. Those two have probably been around the longest. But Seamus Heaney, I always go back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and more recent poets um, had some mentoring with Kim Moore, for example. I love her poetry, Helen Mort. Um, Loads of and, and I've come across um, African American poets more recently, like Louis McNeese and Robert Hayden. Um, so they're all influencing. You know, there's lots of uh, oh, and another one who I love, of course, is Larkin. 
Yes. Um, Philip Larkin, Larkin yeah, and just the, Larkin. his acerbic kind of um, discom, you know, um, what's the word? Cynical approach sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I th- yeah. So what do you, what do you actually love in, in in a poem then? What would you what would you be sort of looking for? You mentioned about the lines. I mean, for Laura Strickland, is it? I mean, you mentioned there's always this debate about rhyming, not rhyming, mm. which we'll probably might drift in an hour yeah, yeah. a little bit mm. later. But are you looking for a little bit of morbid, a little bit of sadness? Or are you looking for every line to really mean something? Are you looking for the best out of every line to take you on a journey, to slowly build up? You know, what what makes a good poem for you? I mean, for me personally, reading poems, they ha- in some ways they have to resonate with me. Yes. So that's, I'm putting my hand on my heart, but, you mm. know, often it's the heart. Or... Um, illuminating something for me. So -hmm. Robert Hayden, for example, wrote this amazing, really long poem called Middle Passage, which is about slavery. And when I read that, I was completely transformed, actually, because it really gave me an insight into something I don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. And it really got me. Um, And and he uses a lot of symbolism and myth and refers to... I like, you know... So making you think, really, as as in you could be just reading the words, and all of a sudden, that sort of connection or that symbolism, you think... And that comparison, and it, in a way, like through different times, different mm, times, because yeah. it could be Roman times, Greek times, and then modern times, and the, the symbolism remains constant. Absolutely. So do you like that sort of I, I do. use and, of words? And also there's this, people quote her a lot, Emily Dickinson said, mm. tell it slant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of don't always go in and hit us over the head with a message. Go in in a different way. Mm-hmm. Tell it slant, tell it with a metaphor, maybe, or tell it with a story, approach. a narrative, yeah. yeah. An unusual approach sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, I think. Yeah. But also, I think, at the for me, when I'm reading a poem, yeah, I want to resonate with it. I want to think, wow, you know, that's telling me something I didn't know, or it's showing me something in a different light. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it in that way. And a lovely phrase, you know, a great phrase, um, not a cliche, so something that... Well, it's sometimes I have to... D- d- Oh, do you think, do you think everyone hard. falls into that trap? Well, um, not everyone, yeah. but most people. Do you think we all suffer from oh, that? Oh, of course, yeah. And, and you know, your first drafts are going to be probably mm. ridden with cliche, which is why yeah. editing's so important. Do you find yourself writing very similar lines? I I seem to have lots of words that I like the to... Words and colours, yeah. Different. Yeah, What sigs. are some of your favourite? What, what I always favorite? have sig somewhere. Someone's smoking a sig. I don't, even, I don't even smoke. Where, so where, where do you think that would come well, from? Well, that's from then? growing up, being around people who smoked. I think. In the sort of 80s then? Yeah, sort of 70s, 80s. Now. And, yeah. you know, watching pe- watching my grandma smoke a fag. So that's in your mind. That's so, in your mind. Uh, so so they, they, they weave through. I've mentioned sig again. Sig. Oh, yeah, sig, lad. Let's say lad, a lot. Sort of a nor- yeah, it's that, very northern, isn't is it? It's called lad. Is that mum, dad, grandparents sort of Yeah, and I had lad. young uncles yeah, around yeah. me, you know. Uh, so those kind of come in. Lad, sig. Sig. <laughs> um, what else? The word twat comes in quite a bit. Does well, it? Somehow, yeah. So, where, so I do well, notice these when words. I say, when, I, when I say where does that come <laughs> from, I mean it. I, I know where it comes from. I mean, where is that your I'm, sort of... Is that... Would you say that's a typical, is it fair of me to say, is that a typical sort of northern upbringing? Or is it sort of mates at school and out of school and just that sort of general it, it language feels, out there? Yeah, it feels northern to me. I mm. mean, I remember being called, being told off 
by my friend's dad because I called mm. her brother a little twat, but I didn't realise it was a bad <laughs> word at that point. I'd just heard it, you know. Mm. Um, so I think all of those kind of childhood stuff definitely weaves in to the poetry that I write and it the poetry does. that I like. Anything, any particular subjects you don't like sort of writing about? Uh, Where the, do you stand with the love poems? A bit of Shakespeare. I like to read them. I don't write them necessarily. I don't, don't write no, love no. poems necessarily, but I like to read them. A yeah. good, a good love poem. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Any, love any poems. other, any other sort of um, subjects which are a bit, you know, I don't want to touch. Well, on. for me, and it's only a personal thing, and and it is a personal thing. Yes. I, I don't write a lot about the body. Right. I'd like to write more about the body, but it's very difficult to write well about the body. Mm. But there's certain things I maybe wouldn't write about, and I'm maybe putting myself above the parapet, but it's only a personal thing. No. I personally don't write about periods right. or the menopause. Mm-hmm. I just, it, for me, I don't mind reading about it, but I don't write about it. It's not something that inspires me. Do you think, from a female perspective then, that could put you in... A, a little bit of a category of being a bit cliche, as in as as in a woman, a female standing up, talking about periods. And I think people might. I don't mean that in an offensive way. I just I just mean that people might think some women or some people that go to open mic could think, "Oh, here we go again." I don't, don't mean that in an offensive way. What you Is mean that, from the audience? Yeah, from think. Think in, talking about periods. I think it's a shame or, if they do because I yeah. think I don't think any mm. subject really is off limits, and I think no, but I mean, I do think people have just writing about that just to sort of stand out, maybe. Or, I don't know. No. I don't know. I think that I think there are some people who are writing about the body in that way because it hasn't been done, you know, in mm. the past very well, and there are people writing about the body. Um, because you'd work in a bloke's way as well, you know, you could think, you could think, although I've said that, you could say, bloody neck, hey, oh, there's another bloke trying to be funny. He's talking about, you know, there's all, I think what I'm trying to say is there's cliche areas where poets could go. There are, and I, I th- for me, I just see it as, it, it's just, it's not something that inspires me to write. Mm. Um, you know, the things that inspire me might not inspire other people. I'm just not inspired by it. Um, but that's not to say I don't like reading about it or that I wouldn't necessarily enjoy someone getting up at an open mic and, and doing a piece about it. It just doesn't inspire it me. Inspire. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do now. You're going to inspire the listeners. Oh, no, really? Because this might not. <laughs> I, think it, I think it will do, Laura. I think we've settled you in now because just before we started, David, what, how's this going to go? Yes. I think you're fully settled in now but we haven't heard any of your work. No. And you've got... I've got some. You've, no, you've got plenty there. You've got your magical <laughs> black... My magical... Very organised, uh, Yes. Can see it? Yes. And this is becoming a little bit cliche on the podcast. Oh. But I've got to ask you this. People are asking me. I think David's making it up. Surely they are not sitting in an old barber's chair where you sat, Laura. In an old hairdresser's chair, apparently, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. With a lovely footstool, which I, is really comfortable for me being short. It's nice you having said a that, little. Not me. I did having a little, <laughs> a little ledge to put my feet on. It's lovely. It's, and I'm just, I'm, if I get so many people, if every guest on the show says it's a barber's chair, because barber's chair, barber's chair, hairdresser's chair. Yes. Say, what are you talking about, Dad? It is. And it's a proper it little barber's chair that you can. And you know, you've got to you've got to be in it to win it. Well, not in it to win it. You need to believe it. To believe Very it. Comfortable, isn't it? It is comfortable. And I don't, now you don't want me to cut your hair or anything like that. 
No, no, thank you. That, no. no, that's all right. I don't want my head shaved. Thank and he won't, you. He won't, mind me, he won't mind me saying this, but the previous guest to sit in that chair was the one and only Mr. Nick Topcheck. Oh. And if you know Nick, and he, it's his joke, he don't mind me saying this, he's laughed and he said, I don't think I need a haircut, David. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, I'm just going to move know, this Nick, he's a brilliant, he's fantastic, isn't he, Nick? Yes. He's brilliant. Right. In okay. your own time, let's, have let's a look. share. Okay. Some of you, you can you can just go straight into the poem and then tell us a little bit about it, or the other way around, All right, I'll, or whatever um... format you want to use, Laura. Okay, let's go with. I'll tell you a little bit about it afterwards. Then. Yes, please do. Um, we'll start with this one. This is called "Caught in the Corner Shop." I see her flying up the hill, wide-eyed, open-mouthed, hair catching her ears, and running to her front door with men from the shop behind her and behind them, kids on bikes and skates, knowing something is up. She doesn't look at me, just sidesteps the blanket I've laid out on the pavement to sunbathe and read magazines. Last week, a group of us were in the shop. I put fizzy colas in my pocket and she stuffed five cream eggs up her cardigan, the foil peeping through the buttons. She must have gone alone today, the day she learnt not to grass, the day I learnt to keep my mouth shut. So obviously inspired by childhood shoplifting. <laughs> I do you know? What? I just I like that one. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. Yeah. Well, please. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us about well, it. Yeah. And just um, literally, um, you know, we'd gone in a group the week before for whatever reason. This young lass. Let's this call her. This is in This is in Saltair. Is it now? I don't think that's. I don't think they can come after me after all these years. Can I'm really (laughs) sorry, but unfortunately, I think she went on her own and got caught, but didn't grass us up. But I didn't stick up for her either, so it's haunted me a little bit as that. Ain't that a good saying? Grass us up. Mm. That's another. Actually, I don't know whether that is. You talk about salt term, and people will be listening and know what it is. Yeah. If they know, obviously, it's all in Yorkshire. We're going to be talking about West Yorkshire, North Yorkshire. And Keithley Solterra talking about five, six miles apart. And that, is it a north? Do you think grass me up? I'd love is to it, know. Is it a northern What thing? do they say in the south, I wonder? Is it, I'm just, grass. you know, is it, because I think, sort of watching old episodes of the Sweeney, they used to say he's a grass. Oh, yeah. So maybe. So and that maybe. was southern, wasn't it? But it's, but I, I like, yeah. I like that one because I like the growing up stories. And it's brilliant. You talk about connections and people resonate with it. I think people do. Yeah. As it takes you right back to... It does to that, yeah. Sort of kids. And I think it sort of proves that. It might be in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever mm. beyond. Then you go right back to being a teenager. And yeah. you go, you didn't, did you? I know. In the shop. Yeah. In a little corner shop. I mean, yeah. And it's one of those rites of passage things, isn't yeah. it, sometimes? Daring each other as well. What and- I wrote to it... What it- was it an actual what I would class as a as a proper shop, proper or was it one shop. snuck into a row of terraced houses? It was in a row, yeah, at the end of a row of terraced houses. So obviously it would have been, it would have been someone's house up, but they would have lived yeah. above or behind. Yeah, yeah. Or, remember the ones with the slidey door oh, that went, no. went into a living room? Oh no, but I've seen them on TV. Yeah, I, yeah, I quite like to. I like to live in a little so shop. So we're watching Corrie. Yeah. Or making making try eat your egg and chips with a bit of the old red sauce or brown sauce, and then some. Somebody's got the audacity to want a packet of fags and a Mars How bar. How da- dare they when you're they watching that. Ken and Deirdre, I know. So I just want to say, if anybody's listening and you own the corner shop in Solitaire... I'm really sorry. <laughs> really sorry. And you're still about, 
you won't pound 58 down in today's yeah, money. Yeah, it's because of me and my I'll pass mates. all Laura's details. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's you interesting, isn't that? it? Does that, when you read that poem, does it take you right back? It does. I can see the mm. girl and I can see her running up that hill with all these people behind her, loads of kids. And you know what kids are like, the gossips, and they mm. want to know what's going on. Um, yeah. And no, did no one ever sort of get found out? She didn't grasp and I didn't speak up and stick up for her. Had this been now, I'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry, we were doing it as well. But yeah, in, when you're 10, you don't do that, do you? Because you don't want to get caught yourself. Good stuff. Next one, please. Okay, let's have a look. Um, so at the minute, I'm writing quite a bit about, I'm a carer for my son. and Yes. I do write quite a bit about um, being a carer and what that involves. Um, and this one... For anybody who's listening, who's, um, you know, has to go through the bureaucracy of being a carer, this one's for them. This is called Pip. I have a letter from you to say I can speak on his behalf. No, he can't come to the phone. No, you can't send him a text. Yes, I can hold. Yes, I have the reference number from the letter you sent me. Yes, I can hold. His date of birth, it's on the letter you sent me. His address... It's on the letter you sent me. His full name, including any middle names, it's on the letter you sent me. No, he isn't terminally ill. No, he hasn't worked abroad. Do you think he's been selling nightclub tickets to Ibiza via a taxi home from school? You could try ringing him on his toy washing machine, or maybe he can explain the condition through the power of the dances he does when he's alone. If you ask him what he can do for himself, he'll list the vacuum cleaners you should buy. Dyson Shark, cordless Dyson Shark, cordless Dyson Shark. Or ask him what he wants to be when he grows up. On Wednesday, it's a vampire hunter. On Fridays, it's Winifred from Hocus Pocus. If that helps you understand why he needs a personal independence payment, which, incidentally, was his nickname before he was born, when he was the size of an apple pip at five weeks. Yes, I have a reference number. Yes, it's on the letter you sent me. Yes, I can hold. I like that one. I think you performed that one at Wakefield. I did. And I like it because when I say it's, it's repetitive in where it keeps going, yes, I can hold, yes, yes, yes. And it's and it, when I say it's a, it shouldn't really say this, but it is a typical mm. phone call. It is, in, yeah. In a lot of um, yeah. cases, and, and you can sense the frustration. And then in some ways, people will laugh, but not, I don't mean laugh No, they will, because it's surreal as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but then yeah, yeah. There's, there's sadness there. Yeah, of course. And it's not, sort of, it's not right, is it? Well, that, no. Quite a difficult poem to write, then. Um, I suppose in some way it's cathartic, isn't it? Because I had mm. I had a particular, I mean, this is a composite of loads of different <clears throat> interactions I've had with people over the years about care. But this was, I, I do remember one particular phone call, and it, she was reading it from a script. It was just very mm. scripted. Um, and that makes it really hard. And, and some of the surreal stuff in there is based on, you know, my son does love washing machines. He will ask you over and over again what vacuum cleaners in his. But I use kind of surreal stuff to, to lift it a little bit. So I'm yeah. not banging you over the head um, with how difficult so it is. So has it been, I mean, obviously I don't want to sort of mm, no, it in any way, but has it, has, it been a, has it been a tough battle from day one? Or have things got bad, worse, or it's been a mixture. To be fair, it's been a mixture. Yeah, it's been a mixture. I mean, I've had there are some professionals who have really Mm. gone out of their way and have helped loads. And you've been on a real high then, and there's been some real lows. Sometimes it's yeah, it's more around the the people that you don't see. You know, the letters you get or the phone calls you have to have, um, rather than the local professionals who are really helpful. Mm -hmm. So it's been Mm -hmm. a mixture, but it does help to write. 
about my experiences. Yeah, and if you don't mind me asking, how old is... He's 17 he's, now. He's 17 now. Yeah, he's, and, he's, and it's, we're in a much better place than we were a few years ago, definitely. Yeah, which, yeah. so you smile. Oh, yeah, there's progress. Oh, no, there's hope. It, you know, for anybody who's, it's, you know, got a child with additional needs, there is definitely hope that things do progressively. Mm-hmm. Can, because they can't always, but they can be, they can get better. Yeah, and, and I think really it's, it's you do hear, you know, stories about that where as you've you've said your highs so mm. there's no real consistency is that, is that fair of me to say that in your sort of life as as a mum mm. you don't get you don't get the consistency is that what you think you'd like as in instead of having a lot of highs and lows and you shouldn't really be having yeah. to write that poem is it is it would you like yes. just to see more as i said just a constant as it should be not yeah, the telephone think... calls and just yeah, just, just I suppose, I mean, this is the state that I'm dealing with here. You know, mm-hmm. it's the state who, you know, I'm applying for, I was applying for, for money for my son and just the fact that they think it's okay to have a script and, and, mm. and like, just, and going through it like a robot almost just makes it hard for carers and, and their families. And it's, it's little things like that, that if they could be improved, it would make things easier. It's hard uh, enough as it is. And did it get worse, dare I ask, in the... So the lockdown period was that quite difficult? Not for me and him actually. To, to be fair, it, it, so it was, it was all right. All right it was for, actually yeah. okay. Were, were you dreading that a little bit then? If you, you a know, little bit. Or... I mean, he did. He did go to school early on, and he was fine. And then one day, he just came home and he mm. said, "That's it. I'm not going." He didn't go in for three years. He's only just going back with a support worker in the community now. But mm-hmm. no, lockdown actually was okay. I know it Shot wasn't it. for a lot of people, but for but us for yourself, personally, it contained. Yeah, he didn't have to. He's very happy at home, so it um, so it's a safe, kept him in a safe. Way it's a safe place. It when was when your son is yeah with mum yeah. And so then, for him, he was fine. So probably a, on a a better it, a, be- it was. a better level, really. Yeah, I have with, to say with, it was okay uh, with mum. It's um, a good thing. It is. It yeah, it is. And everyone's you know everyone's circumstances, and there'll be people listening who it wasn't easy for them, and I I really feel for them. You know. Um, I can only speak personally, and for us, it, it it was okay. I think a lot of people, I sort of fared okay. Yeah. But in a completely yeah different way because obviously it's the first time you've been in the studio and you're saying, "Oh, David, you know, you've obviously been very complimentary about it." But yeah, I have. it's it's a product, and I don't mean to say it's a product of lockdown. Is, it, is this what you focus, This is what you spent your time on. Well, absolutely. Well, not all my time. Don't, don't get me wrong. It, it was. Um, I was lucky enough, obviously, working in colleges. I can always remember, um, obviously, March 2020, I was actually working down at Blackburn at the time. And so we'd got, we'd had a little bit of ups and downs up to um, sort of Christmas. Mm. Then we got through Christmas. Mm. And we sort of sort of thought something's going to happen, something's mm. going to happen. And then I just remember me and a couple of my colleagues, or me and a colleague in particular, we just sort of grabbed a load of, we thought, something's going to happen here. And... So we had to install all these various things on our computers and mobiles to keep in touch. And he had this place. I only had it for a few, well, I think well, September right. 2019. Yeah. And I sort of just remember grabbing a load of boxes and portfolios and throwing them all in the back of my car. And I worked from, I'm working here. Mm-hmm. So the good thing for me with the COVID was when I was working at home, I wasn't actually at home yeah. under people's feet. I was actually working here, which were a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then... It sort of developed into, yeah. you know, a bit more of a, a studio. It's evolved, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it has evolved. So I have fared, mm. like yourself. Yeah. I mean, I don't 
you know, again, some people have not fared as no, well, but we, I, I did sort of fare. I think it, it kind of um, stopped all the expectations mm. about what you have to go out and do. and Because everyone, yeah. you know, we were all at home and so, you know, we weren't having to go anywhere it's and been do anything. a little bit up and down, hasn't it? Not, let me not pull it off it's up and down, but like you say, a lot, lot of people have worked from home, from mm. home and a lot of people have... Some people have benefited, some people haven't. And I think your businesses have sort of realised you don't need the premises, so to speak. So it's no, been a bit... Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people have got rid of their premises. Forever. It has changed forever, which in some ways is a bit sad because I think it's quite isolating to work from home all the time. A lot of coffee shops about. Yes, I don't. I like a good <laughs> coffee shop. I like a good coffee shop, yeah. Co- coffee shops, pound, what is it, pound... Oh bagging, yeah, um, yeah, love a bargain. Yeah, pound shop. Oh yeah, the the shop, the Skipton <laughs> one though. I was gutted about the Skipton one. There was a pound shop in Skipton and they closed it. How? That, yeah. I think that's disgusting. It behavior. is. It was by the bus station. It was a great <laughs> pound shop. So what you're telling me is a trip to Skipton, coffee, coffee, pound shop, poetry, bookshops, bookshops, Oxfam bookshops. Really. Do you nice. don't need much in life, Laura? Do you? Sorry? You don't need much in life. No. A good library in Skipton as well. You're a bit low maintenance, aren't I you? I am very... Oh, very, and cats. If you bring me cats, <laughs> then I'll be your friend forever. Do we... Uh, do you have any cats? Have you got Two. Some, yeah? Names? Yes, I've got William, who... William? William. He's all black, and oh, I rescued 100% him... 100% black. 100% Fantastic. black, with these big green eyes. Oh, and I rescued yeah. him as a little kitten from... He oh. um, was in a yard in Bradford <gasps> near my cousin, and she... She and how old him. is William now? He's seven now. Oh, brilliant! He's, so you, you've got you. He's yeah, he's grown up with me. Yeah, over to sunny North Yorks, and then yeah. Charlie, who's actually from Romania, I rescued him from Romania. Does he stop? Tell us about that one then. So I support. He had to fly in on his own little private jet. Well, it came in. They call it the Happy Bus. It co- it took him fifty hours to get oh, here no, to bless me him. on the Happy Bus, and I picked what? him up from Stoke on Trent. And he's the love of my life, he really is. As my late mum said, and I might might be a bit thick now, but when you're saying the happy bus, that is the name of the plane then? It's flown over. No, they drive them. Right. uh, They drive them through all the borders, yeah. That's right. Yes, the happy bus. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm thinking it's the happy bus. They drive and then on a ferry. Driving and channel tunnel and all that. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I cleared that up because yeah. people will be laughing now. No, no, he's from a bus. Yeah, there's um, an English... Oh, is, Eng- it, is it full of cats then or, and dogs or just... Or... I mean, Romania. I, I've been to Romania a couple of times Have in you? my life. and um, Good place, bad place. It's a wonderful place. Brilliant it's place. a wonderful country. Fabulous people. Um but unfortunately, they don't have the resources for animals like we do here. Right, So right. you get a lot of strays and they don't have... So like the vets and the... Yeah, they don't have the that infrastructure. It's not... No. In that, in that Romanian, in the Romanian culture, then you say it's not it's not the same as the... Well, Romanians love their animals. Yes. It's just that... I, just I, not I, the vets and the, just not the animal it, care. And there's a lot of poverty and so right. it's it's hard. Um, Strong survival. It's a survival of the fittest. It is, there, that's what yeah. You're saying, it's, it? it's sad. So, um, yeah... Um, I know this. Um, so Charlie, where do we, where do we meet Charlie. Charlie? Say that again. Where did we meet? So you went over to, to Sto- Romania. No, I picked him up from Stoke Pick- and Trent. He came Sorry. over from Romania. So you, I support online. You found yeah. Him so online, I support so this it's... charity called Reen, which is rescuing European animals in distress, in need. Sorry, and right. they're an English Romanian um, organisation, oh, and they arrange um, adoptions and fostering of dogs and cats. So I fostered two cats, two dogs with them, who've now gone on to. Full time home. And how old is Charlie? Charlie is five. He's, fa- oh, he's the youngster. He's white and tabby, and he's absolutely 
adorable. And how does William do? Does oh, William, they love each other. So did William accept Proper bonded. Oh yeah, William's really chilled. Proper bonded. They'll be fighting one minute and washing each other the next. They tumble around like that. They're gorgeous. They really are. That would be pretty good then. Pretty um, sort of quite visual for for uh, for black and white together. Yeah, yeah. they are lovely. Yeah, yeah. When they're together, they they they're, they're the very domino beautiful. effect. They're, yes, domino. They are a bit very of yin beautiful. and yang. Yeah. Yeah, when they're curled up in a there. in a big ball. Tell us about Romania then. What did you go to Romania? So Romania, for? I went um, end of my first year at uni. I went right. for a month to teach English to young people, to little ones. Right, and that was brilliant. And I opened so it. in a in a school and in, in a in yeah in like um like yeah I suppose it was like a summer school mm-hmm. for kids to come and learn English. It's brilliant, really great month. It opened my eyes a lot. Did you throw in a little bit of poetry there, or on it there? That we I wasn't just, doing poetry it, at that time. So mainly no. just predominantly. Um, when I say just just your dare I say that run of the mill English, there were no sort of Laura's poetry, Laura's short stories, any no, creative from you, just no, sort of curriculum. No, it, and that, was, it was it yeah. was really yeah games, you know, doing lots of games mm. with them to learn English. No, it, it wasn't with I wasn't writing poetry. No, then, or, or um, not even writing the short stories. No, not written. Getting no. a little bit of your just a little bit some more the, creative. Yeah, you know. some of the games I probably were probably creative, but I think you know the whole you know because of Ceausescu, who was the president who. Mm-hmm. You ran the country like his own personal, you know, bank. I think at some point that might come into a poem, my experience of meeting people who'd remembered being living under that regime. It was interesting. And second time, you said twice? You've been and to... then I'd been, um, I went, my mum wanted to go over, so I went back to meet a couple of people who, we just, I just went for a couple of weeks just to see and them again. And what's the gap between first and second time? I think it was only a couple of years, I think. Right, it wasn't yeah. long, just to I go thought, and yeah, see. I thought you were going to say about... 15 no, years no. I guess that was wrong yeah I don't know whether I'll ever go back um, I think I was a lot braver when I was younger now I've got oh, a yeah. child it's different I think I'm going to say do you think now you're a mum yeah or your a little bit risk, more risk averse whereas when I was young I'd go anywhere I'd go anywhere and do anything yeah. and, and do you think do you think if you were not a parent you'd have gone back tomorrow maybe on maybe, week? maybe even though you People do get older. Do you think? Yeah. Think you sort of roots into it. And, yeah, and I've definitely got family roots now. I've put and, roots and down. Children, yeah. you know, and been a parent, and yeah. you just don't want to. Yeah. Sort of, sort of do that thing. No. You never know. You didn't though. see any vampires out there, then. No, but I was telling a story the other day about how I was. This I couldn't is, say asking no, that silly question. But so. I have got a link to vampires. It is, sounds very pretentious, but Dracula was on my reading list yes. at the time, and I was on a train going through Transylvania at the time. Oh, reading my Dracula book brilliant. that's brilliant that, so, isn't it so is that, is that well that's about yeah, yeah, put my teeth in <laughs> was that the first time you read Dracula yes it was or you, you, not no I'd, read I was Dracula. reading it no I was reading it for my reading list I hadn't read it before yeah. I'd read Frankenstein before that was yes. on the syllabus because this was a, a gothic model module um, but that was the first time of reading Dracula two different contrasting books people this is my sort of um, p- perception would we were talking about Stephen King mm, and we were talking yes. about films and books. So you read Carrie mm. and obviously it is, it is a story and a good narrative and then you watch the film. And I'm sure a lot of people, when you talk about Dracula, they think um, Gary Oldman. Yeah, of course. At your fit of Gary Oldman. That's <laughs> fit, isn't it? No, <laughs> um, <laughs> but people think, this is one of my sort of takes on it, the classic Hammer... House of Horrors. So got Christopher Lee Dracula. Mm, and you've got various carnations, you know, carnations of him, and then you've got the Gary Oldman and that sort of thing. And I know there's been various books, but when you actually read Bram Stoker, it's 
for me, it, well, you know yourself, it's in a diary form. It's quite an odd book to read because it's all like yeah, it that is. Dates. It's all over. Isn't people it? sort of think um, it's like the book, mm. and I dare say there's a maybe a version out there that's got a bit more drive to the sort of narrative. But how, comparing the film. I mean, it's a while so since I've read it's, it's, it, but... It's like, no, May this, May that, and it gives you all these different dates. It jumps about a little bit. Yeah. And it's not particularly... Um, it's quite a big book as well, actually. And it, but it's not, it's not like a really overboard dramatic ending, is it? No. As in, with a big Quincy, you know, his big hunting knife and all that sort of thing. It's, mm. And I think, whereas probably, you know, um, Frankenstein... Do you think Do you think Frankenstein, the, the novel Frankenstein is... is is written is a better read really better as it comparing books from what I can remember and it's a long time since I've read them I think I did prefer Frankenstein I think because Frankenstein has some lovely layers to it as Mm. well around how we treat I think people who we see as different you know, it's quite always, character driven. Yeah, isn't it? and I love that, and I love the fact that the background of it. You know, that Mary mm. Shelley, you know, with with Shelley and all the others that were all together writing. They'd said, mm. "Let's write a ghost story," and she was the only one who went through with it and came up with Frankenstein yeah. when she was only very yes. young. And I, I love that that and she wrote got, it so as a young the, woman. You've got the characters, you've got the monster. Yeah. But you've also got the well, we all know you've got the contrast to who is the actual monster. Exactly. And I love and that that multi layered uh, layered of is it yeah. is it man, is it human mm. race, whatever we call it. Yeah. Whereas I think Dracula is I mean, some people do say Dracula is a love story, but then it does sort of have a bit of a snipe at religion. I always think of Dracula as, you know, the obviously the might. You've still got the sort of British Empire. If, mm. if you like, a very, very Victorian England. Yeah. And the, a very, that's a very religious, there's a very Christian country. And then you've got the dark Lord himself, and, you know, and I think it's two different messages, really. I feel like I need to read it again, actually. It's, inspir- it's inspiring me to, I do remember liking it at the time, but I do and remember it. Both, both, just different. I love Frankenstein. Different sort of, yeah. um, Contrast. Mm. It's um, it, it's interesting how uh, you know people, and and I think they have been on and off the curriculum, probably more yeah, Frankenstein probably. than Dracula. I might I might be wrong there. I, mean, I don't know about the curriculum. I remember there was those two, and then there was um, Jane Austen's Northanger Abbey, which often people forget that. about Northanger Abbey. Vaguely remember that. Yeah, one. I it's think kind we of touched a, on that school, but yeah, I'm going back hundreds it's kind of years of, now. She was taking the mick really about around of Gothic mm. literature, so that's another mm. one that. I remember liking at the time. Do you like a little bit of gothic literature then? Because I think, I think, a, do you think it's a bit of marmite? Do you think um, it can be a little bit marmite? I don't yeah, know. I mean, obviously, if you take sort of crime thrillers now, yeah, it, what I'm saying there is you've got a mass mm. audience, a mass mass readership. Whereas we talk about gothic literature, I think there's no in between. I think you either like it. I think sometimes we, we can be put off by it a little bit as well. Mm. If it's not taught properly at school, you know, if it's taught in a dry way, you can easily be put mm. off a, a genre, can't you? Of... Just need, oh. yeah, and sometimes you, maybe maybe young people, you know, they need a visual first and then to get into the story and to, to bring it alive for them rather than going to it completely dry. Um, I mean, I've just, for example, I read uh, Virginia Woolf's um, to the Lighthouse when I was nineteen. So I read To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf when I was nineteen. Could not make head and the tail of it. Nothing. Do you think that's an age thing? So then? I've read it more recently mm. and I adore it. And it's become one of my favourite books. 
And do you think if you do well, you don't mind saying this? Do you think that is because you are older? Oh yeah, and, and you're a parent, and I've read more, far stuff. more life experience. And I think because I've read, and you're m- yeah, it from a different and, and because it's not an easy read. There's a lot of stream mm, of consciousness, you know, and a lot a uh, difficult for a teenager it's, to. Yeah, it's not. There isn't any action in it. It's all very mm. about the interior worlds that we have, mm. all the thinking that we do. It's absolutely an amazing book, and I adore it. It's strange, isn't it, where where teenage reading is different to yeah adult reading, but there's different layers to adult reading. Yeah. Because as a young adult, in your 20s, whatever, and then, you know... Mm. I can, I've, still, I've still got the like the little like question marks and the little asterisks next to things in this book. That, yes. And now I'm reading it thinking, no, yeah, I get that now. Mm. But yeah, so I'm really pleased I gave it another chop. When you read that then, do you go back to, do you visualise yourself at being 19 again? So you're reading it and possibly laughing and thinking, yeah, definitely. brilliant, this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. As you said, I love this book, I love this mm. book. Why didn't I understand it? And do you find yourself not only reading the book, but... Fighting it in a battle with yourself, thinking, Definitely. for goodness sake, Absolutely. what are you playing at? Yeah, 19? pull your socks <laughs> up, what's dear. wrong? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. But it doesn't matter in a way. I love it now. And yes. I want to read more of her stuff. I've read other bits. Um, but, yeah, she's, it's become one of my favourite books, is that? Good. Let's have a bit more oh, poetry. Oh, should we read a bit more poems? I think Let's we have could a look. do. I think we can get a, a few more uh, poems, see. a bit more poems in there. Okay. And see whatever which your the choice is yours. Whatever you fancy, you're very organised there, Laura. Well, I try to be. This is, I think, when I especially if I and I love the word, I love the name headliner. It always makes me laugh when someone Why? says, "I don't know." It's like headliner. Do you think, do you think that's a? Do you think that comes from a um, sort of a Glastonbury type? Are you visualising? A massive, yeah, like, course. River Plate Ex- Stadium, course, exactly, headline, exactly. Of then... course you are. And I think some uh, of it headliner. is it's imposter syndrome as well, because you think, because when Tim asked me to headline at the Gobby in the Lobby, yeah. I did take it really seriously and, and yeah. I had it all organised and I timed it all. Um, I think if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. You know, yeah, that's not sure. That, that, not the first time you've been a headliner, though. Mm. Is it? Mm. So that's, I, I remember a little bit. I want to say ignorant, but I think. We've sort of both been aware of each other. Mm-hmm, we yeah. never sort of met. No. Um, and I think we've probably, I know yourself, you've cropped up on various yeah. social media yes. and, and this, that, and other, and, and, and you don't really know each other. Yeah. And then I saw Tim at, a, at Sarah, over at Huddersfield where Sarah oh, yes. Dixon. Yes. And then I don't, I haven't sort of seen Tim for a while and says, oh, David, you'll have to come over yeah. to. It's Gobby a good night at Gobby, it lobby. really is, yeah, it's And lovely. he gave me his ticket and he says, you'll have to headline, as you yes. said. <laughs> and I went, okay then. And he said, but it's going to be 2024, I said, and, and what have you, and just, you know, so do that. Booked it up, And I yeah. said, well, I'll try and get over, and I did. And then, obviously, you were there, but I didn't realise that, were they? That yeah, was the first it time. was. I mean, three kind of gigs came all in that month. Mm. So there was four of us at the Purple Room in Ilkley, which is a really good... No, I don't That's think a music be... and poetry thing. I think that is where the name first came to my attention. There must be some other people was four that of I us. know. Yeah, maybe, who... Go there. And I, yeah. And I, and I, what night's that on? Um, it's usually on a Saturday and it right. starts from October. It doesn't run in the in the summer. It starts from October once a month. Yeah, I think there's Keely. something clash. I think there's it's something re- clash with that one. And it's usually been. a mixture of a poet yeah. and music. It's a great combination mm. actually. So I'd done that and then um there was the Leeds Poetry Festival anthology. I'd had two poems 
in that. So we were reading at that. And then Gobby all in like Gobby, the space Gobby, of Gobby, Gobby in, in the, the lobby, lobby, which is wonderful. <laughs> it's such a lovely it's a fantastic experience. Venue. Yeah, it's a great it, atmosphere. I don't know. It's a wine bar now. But I don't know what it is before. It could be the windows. It looks a bit like... It could be. Is it where it feels are you being served? It could be a very posh. I don't know. We're talking men's about imagery. And I'm, I'm just thinking going right back. Mm, probably is if you look into it. Oh yeah, it's right yeah. in here and, and just the very posh the, the way department it, it's store. Sort of coming here, you know, suits you, sir. Yeah, yeah, it could all have that been. sort of thing, and probably talking a load of rubbish to take your money. And back in the glory days of with a big you know, till, one of those big old-fashioned yeah. tills. Yeah, with a massive, you know, mm. or if you want big buttons. Maybe, um, what was it? Open all hours where you used to chop his finger off. Oh, I used to love that. Oh, that good. Loved it him. Was, Loved him. It, 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 it was Granville where he used to attack. Granville. Loved him. Did you? Yeah, I loved the two Ronnies. No, I grew up with the two Ronnies. At Markham and Wise, all of those. Cannon and Ball. <laughs> no, I think... All those, I love them. Tommy I Cooper. think they are people of the moment and I think regarding comedy yeah you said that because I mean I do like a bit of comedy myself mm. and you know that sort of style of writing and I think yeah. you know I do I think when I I do write some I do write serious stuff don't get me wrong but I think when it gets to performing I can't help being funny or mm. trying to be funny yeah. and make people laugh and I do like to write longer pieces like I say telling a story yes. a little bit gothic a little bit of fantasy very deep and meaningful and lovely poetry but I think I don't really like performing it, if that makes sense. No, I like I get to that. Um, people to read that and immerse yourself. And I think, I think the the thing with me is you can't help it. I'm laughing now. If I put a microphone, I have to sort of become a little bit funny. Yeah. And just tell That's tales. probably our natural and I, and, and, and state. And I think I just go into that mode a bit, yeah. like you said, with, with um, sort of Morecambe and Wise mm. and, and the two Ronnies. Comic geniuses, you just know. Just silliness, just, you know. But I think that is. is Brilliant how they do it, just mm. making up daft names. Yeah. Place it purposely Characters. to make people laugh or mm. asking people to read something knowing they're gonna laugh, thinking there's no one got a name like this or that or tongue twisters. Yeah. And you go and you, really you keep clever. a real dead pan face. What's the matter? Yeah. And you know it's gonna make it is genius. It really is. People the way laugh. Do you miss those days and with the two Ronnies and stuff? I do. I, well, look again. I must love being comforted because I find the two Ronnies, Cannon and Ball, Little and Large, comforting. The Phantom Rasper blower. Oh, brilliant! I mean, just silly. I've got, I've got you now. Silly, I'm pushing all the right buttons silliness, now. Silliness, <laughs> isn't it? But then, as I was fourteen, fifteen, it was all the alternative comedy. So then I got into French and Saunders, who and a little bit I've of Rick loved, Mail and loved forever. Yeah, I, I think that was good. I adore that them. Was sad about Rick Mail. Oh, very Genius. sad. Shouldn't have gone. Yeah, 50s he was in his. I think not. Well, no more than 60. What? No, he wasn't 60. 60, No, very sad. Quite a young, brilliant. I I mean, that one just reinvented comedy, really, didn't it? Of yeah. um, And do you think? I don't know if I think it's probably a little bit more appreciated now of the moment. Mm. But again, you talk about reading Virginia Woolf at 19 and Virginia Woolf now. I think when you watch the reruns, you're looking at it. a different level you're looking at it through uh, different lens yeah the daft lenses the, yeah. the, the different lenses that you look you're at things you're laughing just to laugh yeah and thinking, yeah that would good that would good mm. and you sort of understand that yeah good stuff let's yeah, have a, a point com- come on okay Laura. let's try i don't think i've got any i don't have any funny poems oh goodness <laughs> me unfortunately um, i tell you which one, did am i right if i sort of dreamt this did you read something out about a fly or a bird or something. Oh, it was a sheep, no? wasn't it? Do you want me to read that I don't, one? I'm just, I, I, There's one about a sheep. Only, when you did the Gobby in the Lobby, I, just, I think, did you say something about um, 
I don't really. I oh, think I you did. Mentioned I don't about, write I mean, about nature. You mentioned about nature and, and I don't think and I you, have and brought you said it. Something yeah. About, yeah. Um, I don't write about it's nature. It's sad. Or, yeah. And, and it just, is sad. I, I can't quite. I'll read this one. Yeah, yeah. Because I, when you were asking me about what I don't write about, generally I don't write about nature, even though I love nature. I find that a bit. I adore strange, nature. Why? Why is that? Then? Because I think, you know, romantically, poets write about nature, don't they? Depends what angle you come from, though. Well, I've start, I've read, I've probably written three poems mm. recently about nature, and there's one that I want to write about oyster catchers that I've seen. But I think that'd be quite... So I will do. Yeah, you know, if you love. Yeah, because I love nature. I, I don't mean that. I think obviously someone genuinely loves nature, mm. like yourself. Yeah, you could read some really absolutely nice poetic verse. Yeah, I think I think um, yeah. So there's this one, and then there's two others that I've written about nature, and there is one I'm putting together about these four oyster catchers that I saw Brilliant. in June near me um, every night when do I went on my walk. So I'm going to write that one up. Do you think deep down, do you think you might be scared of um, being a bit cliche then? I think sometimes... You know, I because just, you love nature so much, do you think you might sort what of can I say about into a teenage... Into a teenage... Maybe. A teenager. You know, maybe. I don't that, you know, and also, yeah. Thank God, I'm, I'm really writing this stuff. Maybe. And maybe I'm thinking, what else can I write about that hasn't been written about a tree, you know, or a bird in the yeah. sky? But then I think that's just me being cynical, so I need to stop that and actually be inspired by nature. I get that. I shouldn't yeah, just write think, myself well, off. Um, I, I, I recently penned one about a bench. Oh, I like and, that, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've sort of seen that one, and I thought, well, because obviously in the in the poet's past, I thought I'd write one about a bench. Yes. And I thought it was all right, and and people like it. Yeah. A little bench, go for it. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> no, I like everyday everyday items coming into poetry, definitely. Yes. So right. This, this was about a sheep, then. So this is about a sheep, and it is sad, but yeah, I'll read it. This is called Rescue. Lying on her side among hoes and spades, their handles rotting in the sun. Her forelegs skittered the air. As the tension of the wire tightened round her stomach, I untangled one loop, only to find it had closed even tight. No, I read that wrong then. Shall I start again? Keep going. Start <laughs> I, again. Start again. You can tell it's live, can't you? You can oh, tell it's live. I fluffed one of my lines. Lying on her side among hoes and spades, their handles rotting in the sun, her forelegs skittered the air. As the tension of the wire tightened round her stomach, I untangled one loop, only to find it had closed another even tighter, pressing the barbs into her neck. When the farmer came, I said, what else can I do? And he said, I'll take it from here. Oh, no. I know. That's a little bit, that's a little bit sad, isn't it? It is sad. Let's get a couple of more in. <laughs> let's get, let's get Should a we lighten the mood? Let's get, let's get a, I, I can't promise do, to lighten I'll the mood. I'll tell you what we will do is, because... Yes. We're getting to the end of the podcast. Wow, I know. Wow. It's gone quick, hasn't it? We, well, it does when we get talking. Goodness it does, me. definitely. When you, get a couple of, when you get a couple of northern poets... This is it. ...at the pinnacle of their career, Laura. <laughs> so pinnacle I'll, I'll tell do, yes. it, it depends on the length. If you've got three oh, right, right. fairly short ones... Yes, to I have. Three in. Yep. If there is a couple of medium ones, just I'll leave it to your discretion. They're all quite short, mine. Excellent. So I'll read this one. This is... Um, in memory of a teacher who was amazing. We've all had those teachers, hopefully. One that stands rare, out. They're, they're out very there. rare, but she's not with us anymore, but she was great when I was 13. It's called Keepsake. I find an earring in a box, a clip-on, because you said you didn't know if my ears were pierced. I must have lost the other on a bus or down a sofa or the bedroom door, the bedroom floor of some ridiculous lad. 
But here, among key rings and badges brought down from the loft, is the one I held on to. The light glancing off it, like you're calling me across the years, as if you are telling me not everything has to match. I do like that one. And I, I think, is again, is it an age thing when you're like reflective of teachers? Do you she think you reach a point in your life where you possibly were not in favour of school and you probably might have... Not what's a hate you people. Oh, I don't like school. Because yes. Again, we're going back to being a teenager and rebelling against you the world. You do other stuff, and don't you? You reach a point where you think, do you know what? That person wasn't too bad. Well, I always knew she was wonderful anyway. Or, or always. the category of... of she was at middle yeah, school, yeah. yeah, and she was very supportive so of me. connections there Yeah, she was there, and we wrote to each other, you know, for years. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, she kept uh, in what, touch what, what with subject? me. What, what, she didn't even teach me. She was just... What? In charge well, of pastoral, I suppose. All right, yeah. And because yeah. I was having some issues at home and things at pastoral, the time. Pastoral. pastoral. I don't know hey. what they call it now, but she was head of pastoral. Pastoral. And she was amazing, and I've never forgotten, and never will. Um, is this, are we back at Holy Family? No, this is Cottingley Manor. Cot- oh, Cottingley Manor. Me. That's going back when it was a middle school. It's not. Hey. It's a gym now. Is it? But yeah, she was Mrs. Rowe. She was wonderful, if anybody... He's listening and remembers her. There might be. You, know, the, you the never crazy, know. The crazy thing is, there could be someone just listening and think, goodness, yeah, I remember. Okay, that I've got a really same. quick one. Brilliant. This is called Pain Pathway. I've never told anyone this, but once on the way back from Skipton, I saw a wood pigeon cleave its leg on a Range Rover and fly away before its nerves caught up. I think about that bird in the night or when the light seeps through, when pieces of me that remain start asking if I've noticed yet. Ooh, I think you read that one out. I did, I do, dark I do one. Like that one. Where does that one come from then? Well... As in, as in, as a, as a, as a poet, it's very... I, I think you're going back to this gothic. I know. I, I didn't realise, David, until you've started. There is something gothic in some Are of you a these. fan of uh, Poe, Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, I've, I've read, I've read I've, no, I haven't read a lot of him. Um, I've read I've got the Stephen King him. connection. I think it's the Stephen. Where? I mean, that I just remember. See, I was driving mm. home. I mean, a lot of you know, we we embellish stuff in poetry. It's not always mm. things that have happened, but I did see a that just bird. Think that subject is quite a. If you don't mind me saying, a bit of a, a bit of a. I would say strange approach. I mean that in a mm. positive way. Yeah, but yeah. Just sort of to talk, well, to write about that mm. is. I think obviously you've got the, a little bit of macabre in there, you know about Paul writing about a, a cat, what you know, the oh, walls yes. and stuff and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's where does it all come it's from? It's your dark. It's the dark side you've got to unleash. Mm, it is, and it comes. You know, that inspiration comes all over the place. But strange is poetry. It is strange. It's magical. Such difference between poetry and short stories, mm. and um, you probably, I'm sure, you'll agree. If you're penning a novel or short story, I do this more. I would say it's more structured in a way where you've got to keep going. But whereas you can be all of a sudden you have this fantastic idea and you've got to write your poetry down. Do yeah. you find that? Where, yeah, I mean, where's yeah. it come from? I've got I, to yeah, write it down. I use the notes on my phone uh, when I'm, you know, around. So are you a phone? Just time? Are you recording it then, uh, audio or just? Type I just type. In? I just put yeah, like yeah. like a key phrase or something into the notes bit, and then do, I've. Do you have Do you have different notebooks though? Right, stuff down. I have a commonplace book. Dear, if you just look down that side there, I have loads of notebooks on that thing. I have oh. loads. I get told off because I've got well, that many notebooks in pockets. I've and started to have one, David, and it's really helped me. Where because it's you're very structured. I've become organised. No, I like that. Become, become, become. I told you. Let's finish with one more. Let's right. have the last, last one. Last one. So this one. This 
this is the very last one. This is going to be published is going to be published in Strix, which is a Leeds journal, and it's coming out. There's a launch on Thursday. When is that? How often does that come out? A year, every, is it every? I'm not, not sure. It's not every month. It's not every, no, every year. No, it's, no, I, it's, I don't know. It I could, just remember that. I just can't remember now. Is it every three months? I could be wrong. Is it, it every three months? Ian right. Harker, I'm really sorry if you're hearing this because I'm no. not sure. But we're so many. We should have like three, it's, three or four yeah, three or four a year. Editions a year. Yeah, and it's yeah. a it's a lovely magazine, Leeds mm, based. Brilliant. And and this is called Home That Year is Home That Year is a bed sit on Toller Lane, Bradford. Bed to the left, fridge to the right. Budget in the corner. TV waits for a repairman. Gas meter whirs in tune with the clock on the mantel. Shared bathroom stinks to high heaven, hell, where the men piss on the lino and the women clean it up. I'm off school and Linda from upstairs teaches me rummy. It's like learning to talk again. Suits, decks, melding, sequences, holding on, letting go, but no points for playing snap with the hearts. After I've taken all her pennies, I can sleep. Even when lorries hit the pothole and the street light burns through the nets. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Laura, sadly, that is the end of another Writer's <laughs> Bookshelf lovely, podcast. <laughs> you are welcome back on the podcast show anytime. I feel like we could have gone on for two hours. You have to come back for Laura Strickland part two. Listeners and podcast fans, my gorgeous guest this edition. Laura Strickland, you can say goodbye now, Laura. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone. That was great. Thanks. It's brilliant. And as I always say, if you like the podcast, like what you've been listening to, please tell all your friends and get onto uh, social media and spread the word and tune in to the next episode. Let's play out with a little bit more from Mr. John Hardy and Lost for Words. I'll see you next episode. (laughs) 